You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. An expansion for businesses and households in unserved communities. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama Sports, and Sports Director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Gary Harris Show. We are ready to rock and roll this morning. It is Tuesday, February 6, 2024. I am your host, Gary Harris, and I've got uh, my good friend Justin Jones back there in the control room. He is uh, doing all the heavy lifting this morning, as he usually does, but we are ready to roll the next couple of hours. And uh, for those of you who reached out on social media yesterday, uh, yes, I have the flu. I was able to go to the doctor uh, yesterday, though, and... Uh, Get some uh, get some stuff and and uh, feeling a little bit better and uh, you can probably if you listen yesterday you can probably tell my voice is better so uh, yeah so everything's gonna be fine and uh, we'll uh, hopefully get back to hundred percent here very 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 soon but uh, ready to go this morning good show on tap I'll run it down here for you in just a second and uh, let you know what we got on tap but first I want to tell you as always this hour of the Gary Harris show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Member-owned and not-for-profit, it really is just a better way of banking. I encourage you to visit alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com, or get by and see them in one of their many locations around the state of Alabama, nearly 40 of them, and in northwest Florida, and the uh, main office right here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama Credit Union. Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And full extra change in your pocket. Are the Rocket Man, Rudy Armand, always one of our most popular guests. Coming up at 9.30 this morning, talking Bama basketball and football. And at 10.30, Robbie Glenn, former Alabama baseball player. You may have heard of the organization Striker Strong. And um, his son, Striker, has uh, a very rare condition, but it's been a phenomenal um, organization that has been put together and a lot of support. A lot of former Alabama athletes are involved. And Striker is a a trooper and has battled through one of the toughest childhoods that – any child could ever go through, but he's still he's still going, and that's why it's called Striker Strong because he's still going strong. And Robbie is going to join us to talk about uh, that organization and what you can do to get involved. Talk about what Striker is dealing with, and uh, we'll talk some sports as well with Robbie Glenn, former Alabama baseball player, coming up at ten thirty this morning here on the program. All right, um, some news and notes to kind of lead us off with, and we're going to start with Alabama women's basketball getting a big win last night in Nashville, 74-66. to uh, Huge win. And even bigger for Christy Curry because it's career victory number 500. That's a lot of wins. There's a lot of wins. And um, 500 career victories now as a head coach at the Division One level. So congratulations to Christy Curry. You know, Justin, uh, been a lot of good coaches that have never gotten 500 wins in basketball. That's a lot of wins. I mean, that's um, that's a lot of consistency over, you know, three different head coaching stops. And um, 
a magic number, really. I mean, once you get to 500, you're kind of, you know, every win from there on, you're kind of knocking off, uh, you know, fairly rare air. You know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely are. And I think what Coach Curry's been able to do over the past couple of years in the tournament last year is they're just continuing to build and build. And it's it's great to see, and it's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, and Alabama basketball on the women's side is very respectable. Um, are they Final Four caliber? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, they got a chance to prove me wrong. But um, I definitely think they're at a point now where they're NCAA tournament caliber every year. And that's uh, an accomplishment because it wasn't that way when she got here. This program was uh, was not in good shape at all and uh, had not done very much winning in a long time. And she's been able to um, – She's been able to to change that and 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 be as I said consistent, and uh, that was a big win last night because they were down most of that game, and in the fourth quarter they just flipped the script. They dominated Vandy in the fourth quarter and get the win seventy four sixty six. Speaking of basketball, of course we know it's coming up tomorrow night down at uh, Neville Arena on the plains of Auburn when Alabama men go in there and uh, um, play the Auburn Tigers. That's huge. But former Alabama basketball player. Brandon Miller now, this is getting uh this is getting interesting. He is on a roll. This isn't just uh one game. His last five games. Now, I'm gonna tell you he had thirty three against the Lakers last night. Now unfortunately it was another loss. But they're not very good as we said. But listen to the last five games for Brandon Miller. Last night, thirty three points, four steals on thirteen to twenty five shooting, five of eleven for three. The game before that, 35 points, six rebounds on 10 of 25 shooting, five of 12 from three. 28 points, four steals, 11 of 19 field goals, five of eight three pointers. 21 points, three assists, eight of 21 field goals, three of 11 from three. And 29 points, seven rebounds, 11 of 19 field goals, three of six from three. So his last five games, he's gone 33, 35, 28, 21, and 29. He becomes the first rookie this season to have back to back 30 point games. And he had a nice moment with LeBron James after that game last night. A uh, nice uh, little moment that was caught on video that's out there on social media. LeBron, you know, I'll say this. Whether you like LeBron or not, uh, and, you know, obviously he's a great player. Nobody can argue that. One of the greatest ever. And he is very, very, very uh, nurturing as a as a guy who's been in the league as long as he's been in the league. And he always you know, helps younger players and, and tries to grow the game and it's very positive. So that was something last night that I noticed uh, when I was watching the social media clips. But Brandon Miller, Justin, at this point, this isn't uh, this isn't just a trend. This is kind of who he's becoming. He is becoming uh, the best player on that team and certainly proving that he was worthy of the number two overall pick by the Charlotte Hornets. No, he, de- he definitely was, and, and funny enough, after the performance last night and what he's been putting together these last couple of weeks, it's funny to see Hornets fans realize they were wrong. <laughs> a lot of a lot of them were not happy um, when they drafted Brandon Miller with that number two pick, and he's he's proving them wrong and showing that uh, he's not only worth the number two pick, but he's one of the best players in the NBA at this point, I think. He is certainly... Uh... Becoming that, and you know, again, I I don't know why Charlotte fans were not happy with that. I mean, when Miyama was going to be number one overall, I guess they wanted Scoot um, Henderson. But when you look at Miller, you're talking about a package of six nine, 
can shoot the perimeter shot, obviously, knocks down the three. Good defender. In fact, he had a play last night where he just snatched the ball out of the air on a steal and then went down and, and dunked it in a guy's face on the other end. He's um, smart, young. I mean, I, you know, he's a terrific <coughs> player. He's only going to get better. And now it's starting to happen for him. And that team's got a player to build around now as they go forward. And um, exciting to watch what, what he's doing. Also, of course, it's Super Bowl week, 49ers and Chiefs this Sunday at 5.30 Central Time out in Las Vegas. And I find it interesting, uh, Justin, that the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas. Of course, Las Vegas now has an NFL team in the Raiders and an NHL team. Don't be surprised if down the road they, they get an NBA team and or an MLB team or both. And this interesting situation that we've got with gambling now in that sports has tied in and partnered with gambling, yet it is still obviously not cool if you're an athlete at either the college or the pro level to gamble. But yet... You see all these commercials during NFL games, during NBA games, official partner of the whatever, and online gambling on your phone. I'm just telling you, man, it's easy to say don't gamble if you're an athlete. But when you grow up with it, as these athletes are today, and it's right there on your phone, there are going to be more athletes that get caught gambling. We remember what happened with Calvin Ridley of the Falcons, now of the Jags, great wide receiver out of Alabama. There have been others. Obviously, you know, this is even worse when it's a coach, but we know what happened with Brad Bohannon helping out a, a gambler. So it's uh, it's interesting that, that we're celebrating the National Football League's biggest game, and we're doing it in the gambling capital of the world, and yet the message is, you know what? We have to keep gambling under control. I don't know. It's it's a challenge, I think. And I know yesterday when Goodell had his uh, Super Bowl press conference that he does every year, a lot of the questions were about were about gambling. In fact, Justin, see if you can find. We may, you know, Roger Goodell does that uh, week of the Super Bowl press conference. See if you can find that. We might run a little bit of that later on because that's very interesting. It's one of the few times that he sits in front of the media for an extended period of time. And takes questions, but he did that. Uh, he did that on Monday. See if you can find that. We may run a little bit of that in, in just a bit, a little bit. All right, let me get to the show for today. Uh, first of all, if you want to get involved in the program, you can call us on the First to Main Condominiums Hotline at two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. That's two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. Or you can uh, use the app. We need to be checking those app messages again. I had done that in a while. Uh, we've got the Tide 109 app. Download that to your phone. You can send us a message through the app. We'd love to get you involved that way. Coming up at 9.30, as I said, we've got Rudy Arman. And then at 10.30, Robbie Glenn from Striker Strong. So we're with you the next couple of hours here on Tide 100.9 FM and 12.30 AM WTBC, your home for Alabama sports. And we'll be right back after this. Hot. 
This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood, treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Here's more from Alabama head coach Nate Oates following Alabama's victory on Saturday against Mississippi State. We've uh, been asking our guys to come out and try to put 40 minutes of both sides of the ball together. That's been the closest we've come. Is it this... Is a tough team, Mississippi State. I think they've been out-rebounded twice all year. That was one of them. We challenged our guys after the rebounding debacle at Georgia. and It, that's, it was awful at Georgia to bounce back. We did a great job. You know, it helped. You know, we Moti Abate, I thought, played really well against Mississippi State at their place. We, we ended up getting them almost 20 minutes. And he led us in rebounding. Choose one rebound away from a double-double thought that's the best game he's probably played he's getting more comfortable it's getting tougher you know playing spacing big like grant at the five helps us be able to play diabate a little bit more at the four he's helping us i'll have more in a moment Producing championship quality lumber is not an easy process, but at Everwood Preserving, it's our only process. Wood treated right. Everwood offers top-notch pressure-treated wood for decks, outdoor structures, commercial jobs, and more that you can build your reputation on. When it comes to quality, we're on the winning team. Visit your local Everwood dealer today and discover the difference for yourself. Everwood Preserving Incorporated, the official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Join us Thursday for our next edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR. Streaming live at 2. And rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure outdoors, elite recruiting, Tuscaloosa tractor, and Houghton's deer processing. When you're shot at thousands of dollars in cash and prizes with the Big Old Buck Hunting Contest. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and... And birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice day today with a sunny sky, the high 63. For tonight, fair with a low at 36. Tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 60 and 63. Friday, the chance of a few showers during the day, the high 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 47 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, and we're going to jump out on the uh, first of Mankind's hotline and get on a couple of our top callers. 
Tom is going to lead us off, and then we'll get to Cowboy. Good morning, Tom. Gary, um, you sound like you feel a little better this morning. I do. Glad to hear. I do. Now, I got that. Uh, another question for you. Uh, now, if you get a chance, I, I would suggest that you go out on your balcony and get a little uh, free vitamin D there. It'll, it'll help you out. Well, I appreciate that, and I probably will take you up on that because it's a gorgeous morning, that's for sure. Well, I, I, I hope you do because I know you make fun of my doctoring, but, uh, you know, I have your best interest at heart, and if you would listen, you would you would already be well. All right. Well, I'll take you up on that one. I will. Cause it's, I mean, may even go out there during the show. Who knows? All right. Huh? I said I may even go out there during the show. Yeah, yeah. A, a little vitamin D, I think, would would top off your medicine and stuff. So anyway, I, I was calling uh, Gary about uh, the uh, gambling conversation that you brought up, and and, and I, I'm not a gambler, and uh, but I don't I don't think that uh, people like me should say that you shouldn't gamble or they, him them they or whatever because. Right, because it's their money, they should be able to do what they want to with it, right? That's right. And, uh, That's right. Yeah. But, but I, I find it odd that the NFL somewhat hypocritic about, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. But you know, once they started getting some money off of gambling, oh, there, you know, it's everywhere you turn in the NFL now. You know, sponsored on. Uh, football games and everything else and NFL network and on and on I could go. So isn't that hypocritical of, of the NFL the way they do? I think there's a lot of hypocrisy in sports. And, uh, um, you know, at the same time, I guess the way they, they view it is, listen, it's a business. Um, gambling's a business. As you said, gambling is here to stay. And we might as well partner up with it and benefit from it and uh, try to find a way to um, monitor it, and that's what they're going to tell you that they're doing. They're going to tell you that they're, uh, they're simply trying to uh, maximize their opportunities and at the same time do it in a, in a way that is uh, not going to um, have an opportunity to impact the game. In other words, we're going to keep it out of the the, the game, we're not going to, you know, allow athletes to gamble, coaches or anything like that. And uh, we're just going to treat it like a business. So, you know, that's that's the way they're looking at it. And uh, people, like you said, people are going to gamble. Whether we gamble or not, doesn't matter. People are going to do it. And I guess the NFL and the NBA and MLB and National Hockey League and all these organizations feel like, you know what, they're going to do it regardless. We might as well be making money off of it too. So, that's what they're doing, because it is all about money. Well, Jerry, that, that, that's an uh, outstanding uh, explanation. And, and you know what? I agree 100% with that. that, that uh, and they probably are, are correct in the fact that, you know, if they're involved in it, then, you know, they can have some say in it that, they, that uh, uh, they, they, uh, they've got a certain amount of power involved in it. So I, I think that's a great explanation you had. Now, can I change subjects? I want to ask you something else. Okay. Uh, Daytona, tell me uh, what, what what's going on and when will it start and so forth. All right, the race is a week from Sunday. 
they had the clash, um, of course, this past weekend out in Los Angeles. And the Daytona 500 will be a week from this Sunday, which would be what? This is the 6th, um, the 18th. So the race is on the 18th. And uh, I'm going to be starting my NASCAR segment up with Matt again very soon, if not this week, then certainly next week. And um, we'll start talking NASCAR every week again. Okay. All right. Hey, thanks, Gary, and I, I'm glad you feel better. I hope you get to feeling much better. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you. All right, let's keep it going with Cowboy out in uh, the Big D, Dallas, Texas. Good morning, Cowboy. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing all right, man. What's, what's going on? Just hoping you're feeling better. A little bit better today. I'm, you know, thank goodness, because the last couple of days were rough. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. I saw something that was, I guess, announced yesterday I thought was uh, interesting and kind of a good move, I think. Um, did you know Vinny Sinceri when he uh, played football? I sure did. I, I sure did. I knew Vinny well. Uh, he played at Northridge, and, and Coach Style, his dad, was one of the co- – and, and I, you know, back when, even though Saban has never let um, coaches be available to the media, I still got to know quite a few of them. And uh, Sal is one of those I got to know, Bobby Williams, uh, Burton Burns. So, yeah, I know I know Vinny. And, uh, like I said, know Coach Sal really, really well. And, uh, um, yeah, happy happy for Vinny now to uh, – to, um, be moving on to the uh, University of Washington after a stint with the Patriots. And uh, I guess he'll be coaching out there for Steve Belichick, who's going to be the defensive coordinator, which I think is an interesting move by Jed Fish to bring Belichick in as the defensive coordinator at Washington. So, yeah, I know Vinny pretty well. Well, they coached with Jed Fish with the Patriots in 2020, so they got yep. history together. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I think that's, you know uh, – Keep an eye on it, you know, uh, eventually down the road, you might, you know, who knows with Vinny where he ends up. But uh, Oh, Vinny's one of those guys that don't don't mistake, don't mistake it. He's got a chance to go on up to um, a high level of coaching. I mean, he was a good player uh, at Alabama, had a stint in the NFL with the Saints and maybe another team or two, and uh, then started his coaching career immediately. So he's got a lot of experience for a guy that's still relatively young. And now, you know, has coached in the NFL and now is going to be a, a position coach uh, at the University of Washington. You would think that the next opportunity for him might be a defensive coordinator himself. And then after that, um, you know, as we see now, man, guys get to become head coaches really early in their careers these days. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Watch out. <laughs> Watch out for Vinny Sinceri. He's, uh, he's on fast track. I think that's awesome. I think it's good that, you know, the Patriots, he coached on the offensive side of the ball, but he played. He played defense in college. Right. He's going back to the defense. So he's going to have a good mind of the game, you know. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. No, I'm I'm, I'm high on Vinny. I remember, like I said, covering him as a player even in high school, man. You could tell he was uh, he was, he was was really special. And then, of course, that inter, uh, interception he had at A&M that year was one of the, one well, of the best I plays. I remember of, that day. Boy, he made me feel better with that interception. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the best plays of the season. So, yeah, he's a – He's a good player. And remember what really surprised me was he came out early. Do you remember that? He uh, he had another year of eligibility, and he went ahead and and, and went into the draft, and uh, which uh, surprised me a little bit, but it uh, it all worked out for him. You know, he got hurt in that 2013 season, quit the draft after having a knee 
Thirty. He sure did. Yeah, it was kind of a you know, kind of surprising. Thirteen down there at Auburn, he might have helped us that day with some of that trickery. We might have got out of there with a win. Well, we well in the Saban era, man, we had so many games that this guy wouldn't have gotten hurt. You know, Eddie Jackson against Clemson in sixteen, maybe Benny in thirteen against Auburn. There was a lot of ifs and buts, but it was a great run of seventeen years. And Gary, did you read that Saban article on ESPN dot com? It just it was just it just fired me up reading it. Goodness gracious, it was awesome. Oh, about the about the coaches? Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, well, listen, like you were just saying, I mean, it was it was such a phenomenal run, kind of like Bryant in the 70s. It, it was such a phenomenal run that every time there was a loss, you could just about very easily say, you know, Alabama should have won the game. <laughs> I mean, there was, you know, 47 in a row by Bud Wilkinson in Oklahoma uh, is, is the record. You know, it's it not out of the realm of, belief that Alabama very easily could have broken that record. I mean, when you look at 11, 12, and 13 alone, uh, 11, the only loss was uh, the LSU game 9-6, to which they got paid in overtime. 12, the only loss was uh, Johnny Manziel in kind of a fluke game. 13, the only loss was the kick six. I mean, those three seasons alone, Alabama could have won every one of those games. I mean, I almost did, but you know what I'm saying. It, it's, oh, yeah. It's, they, they, they could have won 30, 40, 50 games in a row very easily. Really could have. Yep. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal. It just, you know, and, you, and, you, and then it's over, you know, and it's like you snap your fingers and it's like it went by in the blink of an eye, isn't it, Cowboy? I mean, one day you're in the middle of it. Yeah. One day it's 2009 and he's winning his first one. You know, 2010, the comeback. 2011, you bounce back. Win it again, 2012, you win it again. 2013, you think you're about to win your third in a row. You get snatched. 2014, you come back and you lose to Ohio State in the first playoff. 2015, you win it. 2016, you get Deshaun Watson, and you know, with three seconds to go. You know, 2017, you win it on, on second and 26. You know, you're just in the middle of it, and you're like, man, you know, you don't, you don't really even realize it, that how, how it's passing you by until it's over, and then you're like, wow, you know? Yeah. You're right. It's yeah. phenomenal. You know, I may say things some people don't like, but this year just I just had a feeling it just you I was fighting it Gary in the fall, but I just I don't know, I knew I just my gut was telling me we're 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 near the end and it just it just you know, it it's just I don't know, it just it was the feeling I was getting. I was trying to fight it, and friends of mine. Were, no, you did. I remember you calling in and saying it, and I and I think too. I just uh, I watched the way he was working, and I guess I, that's why I always said I thought he was coming back for sure. But I, I I don't think it was a situation where he lost any of his desire. I just think that regardless of what's been said, I do think the way the game has changed impacted him. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I don't think that you know. I and this is just my opinion. If the game were the same as it was 10 years ago, uh, I think Nick Saban would still be coaching. But I, I do think the portal and the NIL and all of the things that you have to deal with now, uh, the fact that it's a 12-month out-of-the-year gig, I just think he decided, you know what, he didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, but I think if the situation were different, I think he would still be coaching. But but now it's a t- chance to turn the page and, and uh, Cowboys start a new era with Kayla DeVore. And that uh, hopefully will be a good one, too. Hey, got a 
Bring more black joy to your day with an affordable collection that embraces it. Available now at Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Nine thirty three. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show, and it is time for the Rocket Man, Rudy Armand, nine seven seven ESPN Radio in Huntsville, joining us for his weekly visit here on the Gary Harris Show. Good morning, Drew. How are you? Good, Gary. How are you, man? Good. Hanging in there, my friend. Hanging in there. Uh, let's jump right in. I want to start bat- with uh, basketball this week because Alabama is on a roll, and uh, what they did to Mississippi State on Saturday night was, you know, arguably as complete a performance as they've had all season. I mean, they dismantled a really good team. Uh, 99 to 67 and, and, you know, did everything they needed to do. Got on the backboard, defended, didn't shoot it as great as they would like and still got 99 points. So just uh, let's start with that game before we look ahead to Auburn. What did you see from that win on Saturday night against Mississippi State? Well, I just saw a lot of grit. Uh, they dominated the glass and especially the offensive boards, and I thought that was key. I mean, uh, because, again, Mississippi State's got two loose. Uh, Smith, who's really one of the best bigs in the league, and they're I know DJ Jeffries got injured, but they they've got Josh Hubbard. They're just a tough, gritty team under Chris Jans. And, um, you know, it was a it was a tough win on the road, eighty two seventy four at the hump. But this time, Alabama was able to after a slow start get the pace where they wanted it. Uh, and as you mentioned, they didn't shoot it particularly well, but they still made fifteen threes, and it's because they got eighty three shots up. And I think the the thing that I'm enjoying watching with this team is watching them get better. And, and 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 watch guys like Jaron Stevenson get comfortable playing on the floor. Uh, you know, making four threes. A guy that much like Noah Clowney is really dangerous from the corners. And a guy that I'm really enjoying watching improve and give this Alabama team some toughness is Mohamed Diobate. Now he's not the, the biggest guy, uh, but he's really wide across the shoulders. He really knows how to play. He really competes at a high level and. You know, just a month ago, he wasn't even really in the rotation, but he's, his work has paid off. I know he spent a lot of time in the gym working on his offensive game uh, and gaining the confidence of his coaching staff. And quite frankly, even though he's been suspended, uh, Alabama has been better without Nick Pringle. So that's going to be really interesting to see the dynamic of when he comes back and how he fits in if, if he does so. Uh, we'll see if he's back for the game at Auburn. But uh, they've done a nice job of moving forward uh, and getting better and then Mark Sears, I mean, what more can you say? He and Dalton Connect, probably the two best players in the SEC. And the, the Alabama-Auburn game now has become the biggest game in college basketball on Wednesday. It's really a cool thing. It's going to be an off-the-wall environment at Neville Arena. And certainly for either team, whoever wins the game, all, Alabama's already got a really good win over Auburn. Uh, but uh, considering it's on the road, I think it would be Alabama's biggest win of the year. And certainly for Auburn, even though they got a big win at Ole Miss on Saturday, being this Alabama team that's red hot right now would be their biggest win. So this is a, a great showcase game for basketball in our state and in the SEC. Yeah, it is. And it's a, a huge game for both teams, but it's bigger for Auburn because Alabama's already beaten the Tigers once. Alabama's got a one-game lead in the standings. And if uh, Auburn loses that game, not only do they fall two games back in the standings, but Alabama has the head-to-head tiebreaker. And it is at Neville Arena. So – if you're Auburn and you know this is going to be the case, they're going to have a sense of urgency. In fact, Janai Brooms already came out and said it's personal. I don't know what that, I don't really know what that means, but it's personal for him. Um, 
So they're going to be they're going to be ready to go. And as you alluded to, the atmosphere is going to be nuts down there tomorrow night. It really is. It's going to be. I mean, I'm sure they're going to start camping out today. And uh, it's you know Auburn has built one of the best uh, home court advantages in all of college basketball. But Alabama won there last year, and they've won there a couple times under Nate Oates. If Alabama could get this win, it would be immeasurable because uh, they've got a tough week this week. They got two road games. You got you had Auburn at Devil Arena, and then you go to the PMAC to play against LSU. So if Alabama could get this win at Auburn, as you said, it would give them a two-game edge and the tiebreaker over the Auburn Tigers, and and they would be they would have a multi-game lead on every, just about every one of the Southeastern Conference. And so uh, you know, uh, certainly Tennessee would still and South Carolina would still be there, but they already have the tiebreaker over South Carolina with their big win at home, and then Tennessee would still be coming to Coleman Coliseum. So if, if Alabama wants to repeat as the SEC champion, this is going to go a long, long way toward deciding that if they can get this win. Nate Oates is 6-3 against Bruce Pearl. And you have to remember that when Oates got here, uh, Auburn was rolling, and he took over a program that was down. Uh, that's pretty impressive when you think about what Oates has been able to do head-to-head against Bruce Pearl. It is. I mean, in these games, they'll bring you back to nostalgic times in the in the mid '80s to late '80s to early '90s with uh, Wimp and Sonny, uh, when they had a lot of great classic games and back and forth, a lot of great players on both sides. Uh, but I think this has been taken to even even the next level. Uh, certainly, Nate Oates is, in, in year five has done a great job. He had a he had to kind of get the foundation laid in year one, but his last four years now have been tremendous. I mean, just uh, a lot of success two SEC tournament titles, two regular season titles. Um, now this year, once again, you're the top of the SEC standings in the regular season. So, you know, the, this, is a, this is a huge game. Bruce Pearl has done a great job. I mean, nobody has had the kind of prolonged success that he's, been, he's had at Auburn in the last five, six, seven years. He's won an SEC tournament. He's won a couple of regular season titles. They've both been number one in the country. So, to me, this is kind of a golden era of basketball in the SEC and at Alabama and Auburn. And it's great for uh, to, to because I, even with Wimp and Sonny, even when they had it rolling, I don't think this game was uh, considered the number one you know game in America. And I had Travis Ryer on my show yesterday, and Travis is a huge ACC guy. And he told me right now, though, if you, if you gave him the option of going to a game and gave him tickets, would he go to Duke, Carolina, or Alabama-Auburn? He said he would go to Alabama-Auburn. So that just shows you the growth of this rivalry, and it's great for the state of Alabama and great for college basketball. Drew, what does Alabama need to do tomorrow night? Um, obviously score more points, but, I mean, in terms of the game plan, in terms of um, carrying that game plan out to have opportunity to have success and get a, a big road win tomorrow night at Auburn. Well, I think they need to take care of the basketball first and foremost, and they've been doing a better job of that. Uh, you know, they turned it over quite a bit against Tennessee, but since that time, they've kept the turnovers, and, you know, either to single digits or in the low teens, which is what they need to do at Auburn. Um, I think they need to make 10 threes, and that means they need to probably get up 30-plus, and if you make 10-plus threes, you you're shooting the ball pretty well, and you're also, if you're doing that, you've got to control the glass. They're going to have to at least rebound even with Auburn, if not win that battle. If they do that, which means they're getting more possessions and they're getting more threes up, then I think they can beat Auburn. Uh, but if they lose the rebounding battle, if they turn it over too much, uh, then I think it's going to be, and they're not, they're not going to get enough possessions. They're not going to, the game will not be played at their pace. Alabama needs the game played in the 80s. They need to get the game into the mid 80s. If they do, then I think they can beat Auburn. 
Um, they, in the first matchup, it was 79-75, and really it was played at all the stakes. But Alabama made the tough, gritty plays. Grant Nelson did and Sears down the stretch. Uh, they did a great job and, and, and was able to win the game. But you know, if they, but if they, uh, you know, if they, but if, if they turn the ball over, if they're not, if they're, you know, losing the rebounding battle, then, then Auburn is possessing the basketball. Then Auburn's probably getting it inside a lot to Joe Nybroom and and and, uh, J- and Jalen Williams, and they're probably controlling the pace. And if this game at Auburn doesn't get out of the 70s, then I think the Tigers will win. So I think pace, taking care of the ball, and rebounding are going to be a huge keys for Alabama. Because if they're doing that and they're getting opportunities to shoot the basketball, I think they'll make 10 plus threes because they've got a lot of weapons. How interesting do you find it that Auburn has become um, pretty much a half-court team? And that, and of course, Iowa, Alabama obviously is, is 94 feet. But when Pearl got there, one of the big uh, hooks uh, for Auburn fans was, well, we're going to get up and down. The, and they did. They got up and down the four square on points. But they've evolved into more of a, like you said, a half-court team, a, a physical inside team. Do you find that interesting that they have uh, evolved into something that really wasn't what he had, you know, what he did at other coaching stops that he had been at? Well, I mean, I just think when if you're a great coach and you're really good at what you do, you you, you adapt your personnel. Uh, you know, you you adapt your you, you know you have to adapt and maybe tweak what you do and 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 mold it around the personnel you have. And he's got Joe Nye Broom and he and Tolu Smith, you know, might be the two best bigs in the SEC. And so you've got him. You've got Jalen Williams, who's probably going to file for Social Security tomorrow. He's been around for so long, but he's a really good player, really underrated. Uh, I think one of the more underrated players of the of the Pearl era. And then you've got don't forget Dylan Cardwell. He's been around forever too, and he's a really good backup big who knows how to play. So you've got three really good big guys to build around there. And then uh, he's got a guy that's turned into one of the better six men in the league, and Chad Baker Mazzara, who is. You know, a guy that can slash, but he can also shoot the three. And as you remember, he, he he made some key plays to help Auburn rally in that second half where they outplayed Alabama for much of the game, but Alabama made the grittier plays to win, the, the blue-collar stuff that Nate Oates preaches. But I just think overall, what, what you've seen Bruce Pearl do the last couple of years, he's had to change his philosophy a little bit because of his personnel, and I think that's good coaching. And certainly, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, which style wins out tomorrow. But I this Alabama team this year, I think it's deeper than the one a year ago, but it's not as gritty. And then you don't have a guy like Brand, uh, you know, Brandon Miller that you can go to that's the best player in the Southeastern Conference. But you have a lot of really good players. And so if Alabama shoots the ball well, they can play with anybody in the country. So who do you think uh, is able to impose their will tomorrow night and, and play the style that they want to play and ultimately win the game? Well, I, I, I like Auburn in the game. I just think Nelson yeah, I do is a huge advantage. I mean, I think Alabama can win the game. If Alabama wins it, it's going to have to be like a 83 to 78 type game where they get it into the 80s. But I think Auburn, you know, with what's at stake with, uh, you know, them trying to catch Alabama in the standing with how well they played the second half against Ole Miss with the importance they know in this game. Uh, if they can get Grant Nelson in foul trouble, get Diobate and or uh, Jaron Stevenson uh, and, and kind of impose their will on the backboards and inside. I think Auburn can win the game. If you had to ask me a prediction, I would say something like maybe 77-72. But I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I think Alabama will have their opportunities. It's just going to come down to can they get key stops, can they get key O-boards and defensive rebounds, and can they take care of it. And down the stretch, if they can 
if they can keep it, you know, a close game or have a slight lead, if you've got guys like Mark Sears and and uh, and Latrell Wright, so guys like that. The one thing about this Alabama team that's even better than a year ago is their free throw shooting, Gary. It's probably they're the best free throw shooting team in the SEC. They didn't miss one against Mississippi State. And if you're having to foul Alabama in the last three minutes of a ball game, that's probably not going to be the greatest way to come back. The tide is outstanding for the free throw line. Good stuff, Drew. Uh, let me ask you about Christy Curry last night. A big win for Alabama women on the road in Nashville against Vanderbilt in her 500th career victory. And, um, you know, she has really brought this program to credibility. Uh, they're still not, I think, of a you know Final Four caliber by any means. But the first goal was to get this program uh, to become a consistent NCAA tournament team. And I think she's, uh, I think she's done that, Drew. She has, and I mean, it goes to show you sometimes if you just stick with it and you, you know, stop making coaching changes that a lot of times if you have a proven coach. She's been at basketball places like Texas Tech and Purdue that have Final Four lineages and championship lineages, so she knew how to get it done, and they let her continue to build the program, and she's done an amazing job. And people don't really understand that the shape of the program when she took it over it was probably the worst in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, and they had not even sniffed the NCAA tournament in a long, long time. Uh, and she is, she is first, the first thing she did was she won some recruiting battles early when she got here. Then when the transfer portal started uh, becoming prevalent, they did a nice job in the portal. And now she's gone back to really doing a good job of recruiting throughout the Southeast and Alabama. And, uh, you know, getting Sarah, Sarah Ashley Barker out of the transfer portal was huge. She's turned into one of the best players in the SEC recruiting players like Essence Cody. And then she's got uh, two really good guards coming in, led by Ace Austin of Spring Garden. I know they're only a 1A school, but Ace Austin is certainly not a 1A talent. Uh, so she's certainly done a great job of recruiting. And they're going to be a factor. I mean, they might not be in a Final Four team, but being in the NCAA tournament conversation is huge. And I thought that was a big win last night. They struggled in the first half. They were down, uh, you know, I think it was eight or nine at halftime. They were still down, uh, you know, six at the end of the third quarter, but really – uh, played well in the fourth, outscoring uh, Vanderbilt 28-14. Got a big road win. They're now back above 500 in SEC play, and it was a big win on to, to even the score with Arkansas. So Arkansas came in and won in Tuscaloosa. They go and are very impressive in an 86-70 win in Fayetteville. So the, the team's looking good right now. They've got a, ch- a good shot to make the NCAA tournament, and, and uh, she's done a great job. All right, Drew, let's get to football and uh, big, huge uh Recruiting weekend over the weekend, junior day at Alabama. Uh, of course, um, Quentin Reese solidified his commitment for 2024. So Alabama's expected to sign three players on uh, tomorrow. But uh, the 2025 and 2026 group that was in, uh, it looked like it went, just based on social media, it looked like it was a very productive recruiting weekend for Alabama. Well, and it just goes to show you what he's done as far as led by Courtney Morgan, the general manager. Uh, Jatavia Sanders from NC State, uh, Aaron Hodges from TCU. The, the infrastructure he's putting in to handle recruiting and player personnel is very strong, and that's the key to getting uh, good recruits and good players. They brought kids in from you know within the state. Uh, they brought you know, such as Antonio Coleman, who is a former Alabama commit, now committed to Auburn. They brought in kids from modern day all the way out in California. So they went coast to coast bringing in players, and so they're laying the groundwork for the 25 class and even 26. And as you said, they're going to sign three players, including Ryan Williams, who will now sign tomorrow at 10 a.m. He's the best player in the state of Alabama and probably the best player in the last uh, at least 17 years in this state. 
uh, he will sign with the university. And then, as you said, Noah Carter will sign uh, from Peoria, Arizona. And then QB Reese, Quentin Reese's son, very good linebacker, underrated player uh, at Ramsey High School. So, again, they're going to sign three good players. They'll give them 26 uh, signees in this class. Most of them already early enrolled. Uh, and they and they were able to continue to lock up guys like Amari Jefferson and Rico Scott, who visited, and uh, St- and then Stephen uh, Mbua as well. So the, all those guys are still coming. Uh, so they've been able to quell the, the departures uh, and, and do a great job of keeping the recruiting class together and the roster. And uh, now the next thing we have to look forward to is uh, a day on April the 13th and spring practice starting uh, in early March. So everything sounded positive, and then. He finishes out the the, uh, the coaching staff. It looks like with William Inge uh, from Washington, who he coached with also at Indiana, and then Jay Nunez, uh, who will be a very likely off field like special teams analyst, but will help organize Alabama special teams as well. So uh, a very nice on and off the field coaching staff being put together by Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the William Inge coming in and, and the final on the field coach. Uh, a lot of experience with DeBoer in regards to the coaches that he's hired. He's hired a lot of guys that worked with him. Obviously, some haven't, but uh, you sound like you're pretty confident and pretty positive on the coaching staff. Yeah, I am. I think it's a really good staff. I think it's a better defensive staff than they've had uh, since uh, probably 2017. 2018 forward, I think it was a, a good, not great staff. I think this one's probably got more guys that have both college and NFL experience and even head coaching experience, which I think is going to help. Uh, chemistry will hopefully be good. I mean, they, 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 most of them have coached together before, but I think Bo Linquist, uh, and Cohen Hitz, where I think they both have great resumes, especially as, uh, excuse me, secondary coaches. And I think, you know, working the hits with the safeties, very likely Linquist with the corner. So looking forward to that. But yeah, without, without a doubt, I think he put together a very strong staff. The offensive staff, uh, he's all very familiar with, except for Robert Gillespie. And I think Coach Gillespie's done a great job with that running back room and will continue to do so. So, yeah, looking forward to this coaching staff and seeing the work they start doing in early March, uh, molding uh, the first team for Kalen DeBoer. Great stuff as always, Drew. And I uh, know that uh, you make the rounds on radio shows. And, of course, you're stationed up there in Huntsville 977 ESPN and uh, Tider Insider. But uh, let everyone know different areas and places that they can find you and, and get your info. Yeah, absolutely. They can, they can connect with me at ZZ977 ESPN. Also, uh, 977 ESPN on our station. And then all of our stuff is on our SoundCloud page and also on 977ESPN.com. And we always enjoy being on Top 100 on the Gary Harris Show every Tuesday. And I know you've been a little under the weather. Hope you feel better soon, Gary, but appreciate the time and always enjoy the conversation. Thank you, Drew, very much. Good stuff as always from Drew Armin. It's 952 here on <coughs> the Gary Harris Show. And the YMCA of Tuscaloosa is always open for business 12 months out of the year. And uh, it's a great time to join because summer is right around the corner. You know, it'll be here before you know it. And like I always say, you can't wait until June to get ready for the beach. You've got to do it now, put the work in. And and uh, if you're going to feel like you're um, ready for the beach, the Y is the place to, to do it. And uh, they've got a great, great facility, great uh, personal training, fitness classes, silver sneakers program, everything at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, downtown 2300 13th Street. Goodbye. See him at the Y today and uh, get started working out. Get ready for summer. All right, we'll be back to wrap up the first hour of the program right after this.
Los Churrascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Churrascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Churrascos features daily into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You use Tax Slayer. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. Tax Slayer. File fearlessly. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, right from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice day today with a sunny sky, the high 63. For tonight, fair with the low at 36. Tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 60 and 63. Friday, the chance of a few showers during the day, the high 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 49 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. For Alabama sports, Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Nine fifty six. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show, and we are uh, we are winding this up and. Um, for the first hour, but we got another hour on the way. This hour's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. In the second hour, we're going to talk about the Striker Strong organization that I think a lot of you are going to find very, very interesting. Also, we're going to hear from Roger Goodell on some of his comments from his Super Bowl press conference on Monday in Las Vegas. More of your phone calls on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline in hour number two. All that's coming up. The Gary Harris Show will continue on this Tuesday, February 6th. Keep it dialed in to Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. That's simple human sense. So contact Pritchett Moore Insurance today and let our professionals find the right insurance solution for you. Visit pm-insurance.com or stop by the Tuscaloosa office today. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. 
Here's Nick Cope. In the NBA, 76er star Joel Embiid had a procedure on his left knee today. He will be reevaluated in four weeks, though the Sixers remain hopeful Embiid could return this season. On the court, Philly fell to the Mavericks on Monday, 118-102. They're now 4-11 this season without Embiid. The Clippers won again, 149-144 over the Hawks. L.A. has won four in a row and nine of ten. They're now just a half game back of the Thunder and Timberwolves for the best record in the Western Conference. And the Cavaliers stayed hot. They rolled past the Kings, 136-110. Cleveland has won six straight and 14 of their last 15. In the NFL, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan said the team will not alter where or how it practices this week after reports on Monday said San Francisco was not happy with the softness of the field at UNLV. Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Alabama Severe Weather Awareness Week continues today as the National Weather Service focuses on lightning. Alabama ranks ninth in the nation for lightning strikes each year. Governor Ivey has awarded $128.8 million to install five middle-mile broadband projects in West Alabama. The goal is to bring broadband services to unserved communities. Budget hearings continue at the State House this morning in advance of the full legislative session beginning this afternoon. And Governor Ivey will deliver her annual State of the State address at 6 o'clock tonight. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, welcome in to hour number two of the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM at 1230 AM. WTVC. I'm Gary Harris. Justin Jones is manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline at 205-342-9904. Robbie Glenn, former Alabama baseball player and uh, organizer of Striker Strong, will be with us at 1030. I think you're going to really enjoy this interview and uh, find it very inspirational as well. And uh, you may want to get involved with Striker Strong after we talk with Robbie Glenn. And we're also going to hear from Roger Goodell. His um, comments yesterday, some of them, he did like an hour press conference, but we've got several minutes of what he had to talk about in regards to the 49ers complaining about the practice field at UNLV, gambling situation, and all that coming up. This hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, they do it right, right here in Tuscaloosa, Northport, feet on the ground. That's important. Paul's in Tuscaloosa, Mike is in Northport. I think that means a lot. So if you've been the victim of an automobile accident, uh, personal injury, any type of situation where you need legal aid, Paul Patterson and Mike Comer are the way to go. And I say that with 100% certainty and confidence. And um, I love having these guys associated with my radio program. Patterson Comer, Attorneys in Law. Find out more, pattersoncomerlawfirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And let's jump into the second hour with um, some more Bama football. And uh, we got an app message, Justin, and I think we just covered that with um, Judy Arman from Jimmy wanting to know about, I haven't heard much about the new football coaching hire with the news of, 
two hires, how do you think it might work? Maybe discuss the new hires. We just did that with Drew Jimmy, so I hope you were listening. But, uh, again, and William Inns, you're talking about a veteran defensive coach. He's been a co-defensive coordinator at Washington, has been with Kalen DeBoer, was also at Indiana with him when he was the office, when DeBoer was the offensive coordinator. So an experienced guy. And then you bring in Norvell, who uh, was at Oklahoma as a special uh, teams, uh, I think either GA or analyst. And I think he'll have a similar role at Alabama. Well, he'll work with special teams. I don't think he'll be an on-the-field coach because I think they've filled all those spots. But uh, I like what I've seen from this coaching staff. And um, I think that Coach DeBoer knew exactly the way he wanted to to build this staff. And uh, that's what he's done, Justin. And he's not rushed it, but at the same time, he's done everything in a very timely fashion. He's gotten in here at a very, very, you know, busy time of the year. Coming right in in terms of uh, <clears throat> right after the first of the year, getting, you know, kids back in class for the spring semester. You've got to do stuff with um, um, recruiting and uh, off-season program. And, and so he's been going a mile a minute. I think that's easy to see based on social media. Let me ask you this, Justin. After 17 years of Coach Saban, as good as he was, no social media presence. No social media presence. You know, Coach Saban never had a Twitter, never did anything on, on Facebook. Other people did, but he didn't. And now you've got a guy, Caleb DeBoer, who is uh, – 20, what is it, 23 years younger than Coach Saban? Yeah, he's 49, Coach Saban's 72. He's got a Twitter page. He kind of embraces the social media aspect of the modern coaching world. Do you like that, that we're going to go from a coach who did no social media to one who seems to, uh, not that he's doing a ton, but he understands, seems to understand very well how important social media is. Yeah, I do like it. I, I'm I'm really hoping what happens, Gary, is we see some more openness on all of the, the social medias. I know. I think most recently he like retweeted Ryan Williams. You know, uh, his whenever he recommitted this past week to Alabama. I hope it leads to more openness at practice, which we previously hadn't seen with Coach Saban. I hope we get to see some more practice and we get more open curtains into the football program because. We, especially coming up this year, we all know how interested everybody is going to be in it. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So it's a different, it's a different time now. Obviously, it's a, um, it's a different um, place, and um, that it was just a few weeks ago with Nick Saban now out and Kalen DeBoer in. It's, it's the, you know, it's a changing of the guard, and it is going to be. Uh, it is going to be uh, it is going to be different, and uh, um, you know we're going to embrace it. I think I think as great as Coach Saban was, and he was the best. I think that uh, with change comes a new excitement, uh, and I think that at the same time that I think most Alabama fans would have liked to have seen Coach Saban coach for several more years if he was ready to, to go, and obviously he was. I don't think this transition could have gone. Um, any smoother from Coach Saban to Coach DeBoer. At least that's my opinion, Justin. No, I, I think you're right. It has gone pretty smooth, although people had questions in the beginning. I think they just needed to play it out. I think now we're very secure in, in what we're, we're doing as a program and where Kalen DeBoer is going to be taking us. Gary, I know 
our our app message there was talking about coaches being hired and and you and uh, Drew touched on it just a little bit. Is it just me though? I feel like the amount of coaches, assistants, recruiting um, officials that we've we've hired and brought into the program it seems like a staggering amount. Is this roster not roster but faculty and coaching size? I mean, is this about average? You think is this what we expected? You mean in terms of the the coaching staff in terms of how many people are involved coaching staff yeah re- recruiting uh, um coaches and yeah I yeah like i think so i i think uh i think you know coach saban was the one again that he he had so many innovations but he was the one that pretty much established the modern day recruiting blueprint with you know how you handle the weekends how you get the academic people involved how you uh, do all of that and increasing the recruiting staff, increasing the number of people that are committed to recruiting. Then he also was the guy who kind of implemented the, the you know, used to you have a couple of GAs, you might have, you know, I don't know, but you know, really analyst was not something that you heard a lot of. And Coach Saban, you know, started bringing in not only analysts, but bringing in, you know, former head coaches. I mean, this past season alone, he had Charlie Strong as an analyst. He had Kent Wisenhunt as an analyst. You know, Charlie Strong, former coach at, head coach at uh, Texas and Louisville and South Florida and Ken Wisenhunt, former NFL head coach. And, um, you know, he kind of opened up that aspect of, of staff staffing. And so the next thing you know, um, everybody's kind of doing it. So, yeah, I think that the number of people that we're seeing being hired for support personnel spots here at Alabama is about what I expected. Yeah, I think that the, the staff isn't going to um, – get smaller because you want if you're a head coach now you want all the help that you can get in every position that you can get uh, approved you want to fill that slot so i don't think uh caitlin DeBoer came in and said hey we want to cut the size of the staff i think he looked at all the staff positions that nick saban had and said listen we want to uh have as you know the same amount of staff positions not only in terms of full-time assistant coaches which everybody has but in the support personnel in the recruiting office in the in terms of the analysts and the gas and all those things i think that uh um, yeah, so I think it's about what I expected. It's, it was a large staff under Coach David. It's going to be a large staff under Coach DeBoer. And I guess on, on the coaches as well, um, I know we're bringing in this guy, Nunez, from over in Oklahoma. I was looking from uh, Ryan Fowler and Wyatt Fulton, what they had uh, kind of researched into here at the station, where his role over there in Oklahoma was kind of special teams, but it was off the field. He wasn't there on game day. Do you know anything about that or have heard anything about that? Well, I, I, you talking about Norvell? Nunez. I, 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 I missed his last name. Oh, is it the, the guy that the, – the, the, uh, I've been calling him Norvell. I thought – you're talking about the guy that was hired last night or announced that was going to be yes. helping with special J, teams? Jay, Jay Nunez, leaving Oklahoma. It's yeah. Nunez, yeah. I don't know why I would say this. I was thinking of Jay Norvell, the coach at Colorado State. Yeah, I think that my understanding is that based on the, the number of staff positions, I mean, you can only have – a certain amount of on the field coaches. I have to believe that he's going to be in a similar role here. And that's what I was saying with Drew. I got to, I got to believe that he's going to be in a similar role here of what he was in at, uh, at Oklahoma because, uh, I, uh, hang on. Somebody's trying to beep it on my phone. It needs to be distracted. I, uh, um, have to believe that he'll be off the field here in some capacity too, because I don't think there's a slot open for on the field. Do you think that affects? Right I mean, there. they'll probably have a guy, a coach on the field to do the special teams. Um, 
that's there, but it's just, uh, I guess from your point of view, it's just more help uh, in the process leading up to games. Yeah, I'm sorry. Somebody beeped it on my phone, and, and uh, nobody understands I'm doing a radio show from 9 to 11 every day. So. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I think that he'll be, you know, he'll be helping out. I don't think he'll be an on-the-field coach, though, to answer your question. I got, I'm sorry I got distracted there, but uh, that's that's my, you know, the way I read it anyway. But but we'll see. I mean, you know, we'll have to see. Once, the one thing we're waiting on, Justin, is for these staff additions to be announced. And I'm sure UA is waiting to do them. Uh, all at one time, and um, you know, but once we get an announcement on the staff, then um, we'll know exactly what everybody's going to be doing and what their what their uh, responsibilities are. So that I, I'm hoping that comes in the near future. I agree. I hope so as well. All right, two zero five three four two nine nine zero four is the number of the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. It's ten thirteen here on the Gary Harris Show. We are going to take a break, but uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from Roger Goodell. Also, your phone calls, as I said, are welcome. If you want to give us a ring, it'd be a good time. You'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's Dell.com slash deals. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice day today with a sunny sky, the high 63. For tonight, fair with a low at 36. Tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 60 and 63. Friday, the chance of a few showers during the day, the high 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 53 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com. Or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Twin 16, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM at 1230 AM WTBC. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, and right now we're going to get to the commissioner of the National Football League. He had a press conference as he does every year ahead of the Super Bowl. I did that yesterday out in Las Vegas, and um, he met with the media for, you know, over an hour. But uh, we've got uh, a little bit of those comments for you now. And uh, this is a um, montage of some of the stuff, including, I think, the little bit of talk about gambling is on this. But this is a Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner from Las Vegas on Monday. Would you support having all stadiums have natural grass? You want to do your second question, too? You want me to go first? Uh, you, you can go. Okay. Um, listen, this has been a major focus, as you know, with our union, with the Players Association. And we have uh, jointly worked uh, with experts to try to study this question. Um, it's, it's something that I think it's not always just grass or synthetic. We think hybrid is a, it's something to really explore. That's actually what they use um, in international soccer is a hybrid type of format. Um, additionally, I think um, 
you know, we've got to look at different circumstances, right? You play in a dome for four and a half months, it's pretty hard to grow grass. Um, so you can sometimes take it in and out. Um, you can find ways of trying to replace that. But we want to try to get the best possible field surfaces. And that is something that it varies from market to market, uh, climate from climate. Um, one of the things that we think is really important in the studies that we're doing is consistency. And when I say consistency, it's not just on the entire playing surface, but it's consistency of what players are playing on during the week leading up to the game, what they're practicing on, and what they play on. And that consistency is really important, according to our engineers and our experts. So we're looking at that with the Players Association and hope we can find better solutions and continue that focus. That, that being said, it leads to the second question about the practice surface there's been reports, there are reports that 49ers players and staff are um, not happy with the practice field at UNLV. Are there alternatives being worked on as we speak now that may alleviate? You mean the concerns? natural grass surface that we put down? Is that the, to go to your first question? Uh, listen, the, 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 JP, that, that work is being done every single day. We've had 23 experts out there. We've had the union out there. All of them think that's a very playable surface. It's softer than what they have practiced on, uh, but that happens. Um, it's well within all of our testing standards. Uh, it is something that we think all our experts, as well as neutral field inspectors, have all said unanimously that it's a playable field. Good afternoon, Roger. Roger. Um, Anna Isaacson, your VP for Social Responsibility, is quoted in the New York Times today. I'm going to read it. Uh, we're in this business now talking about gambling. What can we do to make sure that we're not causing undue additional harm? What additional harm is she talking about? How much of a priority is this for you? And what message do you send to folks out there who say it's too late now? Well, I don't know. I've, the first time I've heard that quote was when you just read it. Um, so I can't speak for Anna on that case. I certainly would ask her to uh, to be able to expand on that. But I think the the harm is potentially to uh, two things. The game itself, that we talked about before, the integrity of the game. We want to make sure it doesn't harm the game. That people, when they're watching an NFL game, they know the action on the field is genuine and without any outside influence number one and that's one two and three i think the other one is is the work that anna spends an awful lot of time on which is responsible gambling uh, we are the only league to do our own spots on responsible gambling to make sure our fans understand the dangers of irresponsible gambling uh, and we also ask our partners and one of the things that we've worked with our partners particularly in the gambling space is what information how can they help educate us and our fans how can they give us information that will allow us to make sure we're treating our fans properly giving them the opportunities to engage safely responsibly but also protect our game jeremy fowler kevin agandi here so we heard in the first 15 minutes uh, roger goodell fielding a, a variety of questions from taylor swift i guess it was shorter than we thought gary but that was roger goodell on practice field conditions and gambling yeah so we wanted to run those uh, the comments for you and um you know the commissioner did his uh, media session yesterday and that's uh 
couple major topics, you know, are the, are the fields. There's a lot of talk about uh, trying to do all grass fields for all the NFL stadiums because of the issues with um, turf fields, even though they've come a long way in that area still. <clears throat> most of the athletes feel like grass is um, better. But as you heard Goodell say, and he was asked a question about the grass field they put down at UNLV, and the 49ers were complaining about that. So, you know, I, I, I just under, you know, there's always something it seems like you're never going to make everybody happy. But uh, the NFL is uh, is the crown jewel of American sports, and um, the Super Bowl is coming up Sunday. So we are uh, we are looking forward to that. Later on in the week, I'll make my Super Bowl prediction, although I went 0 for 2 in the, AFC cha- in the uh, championship games. I picked uh, the Ravens in the AFC championship game. And I picked uh, the Lions in the NFC Championship games. I'm, I'm 0 for 2, but I'll have to pick the Super Bowl winner. I'm not going to do it yet. Uh, but it should be a good game. That's the that's the main thing. Although I said this before, Justin, unfortunately, with all of the Alabama representation in the National Football League, I mean, guys everywhere, these are two of the least Alabama rep organizations in the National Football League. The 49ers' only former Bama player on the roster is Cam Latou, and he has been on the injured list all year. The former Crimson Tide tight end, they like him a lot, from what I understand, like his potential, but he's uh, he's not played. And uh, then for the Chiefs, it's Isaiah Bugs, defensive lineman who they signed late in the year after he was released by Detroit. And I don't know what his status is, if he's actually going to be on the active roster or not. So you've got all these teams that we were – keeping an eye on that have a lot of Bama representation because it's more fun for us, obviously, uh, that people that follow Alabama, more fun for us to um, look at the situation with the Super Bowl and say, man, I wish we had five or six or seven Alabama guys in it, but we don't. So, um, And, of course, D'Amico Ryan's last year was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, but now he's the head coach of the Texans. So not a lot of Alabama representation. Justin, does that impact your excitement for the game, or is it still the Super Bowl? No, I think it does because I, I don't really care for either of these teams. Um, one is my my NFL team's rival, and the other I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of feeling the same way I would feel about the Patriots. I guess I'm kind of tired of seeing them win all the time and them being the Chiefs. <laughs> um, I man, you're right though. They're, without any Alabama guys, it's tough for for me to pick or who to root for. It's interesting though. I know last year for the Kansas City Chiefs, they had Jerron Reed, uh, defensive tackle from Alabama. He um, played and played a pivotal role on that team actually until he left in the off season. Still though, I think it will be a good game regardless of Alabama players or not. Yeah, uh, Jaron Reed went back to the Seahawks where he had uh, started his career. And uh, he had a really good year for Seattle. He's another veteran NFL defensive lineman from Alabama. Hey, I want to mention something uh, real quick, Justin. And I know you uh, have played a lot of the bumper music in the first, uh, well, in Whip and Berry from Toby Keith. But we do, as I said, we're sports and more on this show. We do a lot of pub culture. So I definitely want to recognize the passing of, uh, of Toby Keith, the great country music singer who was also a terrific uh, high school football player out in Oklahoma, and was a guy that loved sports. And, um, you know, passing away from stomach cancer, and we want to uh, acknowledge that passing. Kobe, Toby Keith, great, great, great country music legend and huge NFL uh, 
football fan, huge Oklahoma sports fan, Oklahoma Sooners, and uh, he passed away last night. All right, let's jump out on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and get to Jr. Good morning, Jr. Good morning, Gary. Long time no talk to you. Yeah, too long, too long. How are you? Yeah, it has been. Well, I- I'm getting over a heart transplant. Oh man! Jet from January first. <laughs> gosh, dude. Well, you sound good. I'm talking about, I'm talking about from the game, <laughs> heart attack. Oh, okay. Just, okay. Well, I really thought you were going to be because you. I know you've had some healthy. No, I was going to get to say that. Well, no, thank goodness no, you're just that. using that. My heart. I'm heart using heart it. Healthy. Thank goodness for that. Okay. Thank goodness. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. yeah. I was just getting over the uh, game. It took me a little, took me a minute, but I wanted to call in reference to um, the course, the realignment of all the, the conferences, and how is that going to affect the playoff, which they're going to a twelve team now. It seems like those four are going to be. I don't know how is that going to affect the uh, the two. I mean, the other conferences that are not the two major conferences, like the Big Ten and the and the SEC. Well, I mean, you would think that they would have a better chance to get a team in. I mean, you go from you go from four teams to twelve. Uh, obviously, you're going to get more teams in from the Big Ten and the SEC because, like this year, you know, Georgia would have been in uh, for sure. Yeah, obviously, Florida State would have been in. Ole Miss would have been in. Uh, but I think that it gives the other conferences that aren't, first of all, not Power Five conferences, but even the lower Power Five, you know, the ACC. Um, of course, there is no Pac-12 anymore, but you know what I mean. I, I think that there's more opportunities for teams to get in. So if you've got a team like you had in Liberty this year who's undefeated uh, in a 12-team playoff, they probably get in. So, um, you know, it's more teams from the major conferences, but it's also going to be an opportunity for some of these teams that would never get in in a four-team format to get a chance to uh, get in now. Well, it seems like it also – the. Uh, Having twelve team playoff, it kind of it weakens the uh, importance of being at the top at the end of the season. I mean, you know, you kind of kind of have reluctantly. You can say, "Oh, I'm number five or eight. I'm in. I still got a shot at championship. I don't even have to put forth uh, as much effort and hurt in, risk injuring everyone." Is that going to be a factor? You think, or you think that? I'm just, you know, I don't, uh, the, the expansion of the playoff in terms of the number of games played, JR, in terms of the potential for injury, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the, the one thing about it is, you know, they're not going to play less games, that's for sure. So you just have to try to develop your guys in terms of their conditioning to be prepared for a longer season and more games. Because if you, if you make it to the playoff, you're going to want to, win the thing. So, you know, and there's a chance that if once you get the bye, that you're going to be playing three games on top of possibly playing um, 13 games already. There's a chance now to play, you know, play 16 games. And uh, that's a lot of games for college athletes. It is a lot of games. It's hard to phantom that, but, uh, yeah. But I also wanted to kind of poke in on uh, the Alabama basketball, how they're doing real well. And, and uh, you know, I've been – going to basketball games for years and years, and I really love it going, even when we're not having the the success that we've had lately. But um, there's just a lot of fun in going to a basketball game, and especially now with the success they're having. But um, Have you been to a game this year? Oh, yeah. Been to several. 
<laughs> yeah, I always go to you go that. to several. You know, I'm, I'm part of my job. You know, I, went, I was there Saturday night for the Mississippi State game, and uh, yeah, I like this team a lot. They are they're they're really really good. They're uh, you know fun team to watch, exciting. Uh, I still think they're going to have to um, you know keep working on their defense and their toughness. But if they do that, they can beat anybody. So anyway, hey, I have to get to the break, Jar. Good to hear from you, buddy. Always a pleasure, man. Talk to you again soon. For full prescribing information, please call 1-844-989-7284 or visit abrisbo.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten thirty-three. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show, and uh, we're going to jump back out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts Highline and welcome in our next guest, Robbie Glenn, former Alabama baseball player. And uh, if you follow sports in this state, there's a very good op- opportunity that you've heard of Striker Strong. And if you haven't, uh, we want to make you aware of it. But StrikerStrong.org is the website. I encourage you to visit it uh, once you listen to this interview and and get involved. But uh, Striker is Robbie's son, Caden Stryker Glenn. He was born with a very, very rare condition called Tatton-Brown-Raman syndrome. It's it's so rare, in fact, that maybe I'm reading the information, 250 people or so have been diagnosed with it. That's how that's how rare it is. Uh, but Robbie's with us to discuss it, and uh, his son, and, and uh, talk some sports. Hey, Robbie, good morning. Good morning, Gary. Thank you for having me on. Glad you're uh, feeling better. You sound better than you did yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. I think by tomorrow, maybe I'll be able to get back in uh, in studio. So that's my that's my goal and get back on TV. Well, let's talk about um, before we talk about some some ball and, and some different things and all the great uh, former Alabama athletes that have been a part of Striker Strong. Let's talk about Striker and your family and um, you know when he was born, when he was diagnosed, and, and what this struggle has been like. Okay, yeah. Uh, Caden is uh, eight years old. He was uh, born in May 28th of 2015, and uh, everything seemed good. Uh, we had some you know, little issues at the hospital, but nothing like most parents don't deal with, and we went home, and everything seemed good. But uh, we noticed around uh, about when he was 20 months old, you know, uh, things started he was a little delayed on some things, and he had every time he'd roll over to his stomach, um, he would always cry, and uh, so that threw up a little. You know, uh, well, well, we got to worry about this. What's going on? And they found that he had a a, uh, a condition called um, uh, Chiari malformation, which is uh, pressure on the brain sits back on back of your skull. So every time he's on a stomach and pick his head up, it would pinch and it'd make him cry mm. and. Uh, mm. So he had to have decompression brain surgery at 20 months old, and uh, we got through that, and we're like, okay, there's that smile back, and we're going forward, and then we noticed a few more things, and they wanted to do some more tests, and we uh, got sent to Huntsville to do uh, uh, genetic testing, and that's when we took a while, and they came back to us and said, well, actually, Dr. Tatton Brown called us and said, your son has my... uh, my syndrome, TBRS, Tatton Brown Raman syndrome, which is an overgrowth syndrome, and there was so rare that he was he was the only one in the state at the time. And uh, mm. 
so we're like, okay, let's get involved in this. And my wife got on the board right away, and we flew to New York and actually met other families. There was only 250, like you said, and uh, there was a few families that met in New York and met Dr. Tat Brown that flew in from the U.K. And uh, and we so we got involved in that. And one of the things with TBRS is febrile seizures, and which is common with kids, and they grow out of them. Well, Stryker had about 15 or 16 of them. And one time he had one, and again, we, we reacted to him. This one he had was so bad that he stopped breathing. He had aspirated, and we knew it was different right away because he wasn't stiff. He went limp, and we automat- we jumped in the truck. We knew we couldn't wait on an ambulance, so we got to the emergency right. room, UAB West, right there at Hoover, and uh, he wasn't breathing. And I was doing mouth-to-mouth when my wife, Lindsay, was driving, and uh, it just wasn't enough. And now he suffers from an anoxic brain injury. And oh, no. Anoxic brain injury, yeah. And an anoxic brain injury is, is there's just nothing they can do. Um, he's, he's not going to get better. Uh, we have accepted that. We were in Children's for six months with it, and now we're home fighting every day, Monday through Sunday, 24 hours. A day, seven days a week to just keep him around as long as we can. Um, he does see us. He does smile. He interacts. But he is bedridden, and he is totally dependent on us now. And um, he's outlived everything the doctor said. They didn't think he'd leave children's, and they didn't think uh, he would even open his eyes. Um, and basically mm-hmm. wanted us to sign and and just kind of leave, and we, we wouldn't do that. And um, we're fortunate he's still with us. We get that, and there was a lot of families that were at Children's with it that didn't get to go home with their, their kids. And we, we're, we're very fortunate, and, and we're glad for that, and we, we thank God for that. Um, well, that's, a, that's an outstanding way of looking at it and, and uh, terrific per, you know, perspective. Um, through this, though, the Striker Strong Foundation was formed. And, and listen, you know, it's very rare, but it, it, it's – it's going to happen again. There are going to be other families that deal with this. And through your organization, um, you bringing awareness to this. And it's just been amazing how this has taken off. And, and you know, and a lot of, with a lot of help from former Alabama athletes when you were in school as a baseball player and, and football players and, and others that have rallied around Caden Stryker and have put this together. And it's a phenomenal organization. And uh, talk to us, if you don't mind, about just some of the things that you do and and uh, the way people can get involved. Yeah, and, if, and it is. Like I said, we were a big family back then when I played at Bama. You know, football, basketball, baseball, track, tennis, swimming, gymnastics. Everybody was a big family. We didn't have softball back then. But, uh, you know, and everyone was real close. So, yeah, everyone still uh, stays in touch. And we started a golf tournament, Striker Strong Golf Tournament, to help raise awareness for TBRS at the time. Now it has taken off and grown. We still send money to TBRS with our, our golf tournament to, uh, like you said, to get more genetic testing, to get help other families that are going to be going through it because we always want to help. But now we also help uh, other families, kids with brain injuries, um, kids with special needs. Families go through a lot, and insurance doesn't cover everything. And mm-hmm. we know that, and we're fortunate. We have a, we have a, we have a, a lot of friends and stuff that help. So we want to help families that don't have single parents or stuff or just uh, classrooms. Like we donated to some classrooms <laughs> with some special equipment 
that they needed there because, you know, teachers have to buy everything for their uh, special needs classes. Uh, we helped donate to Miracle League uh, to get them equipment for kids so they can play sports that are in wheelchairs and, and other, you know, needs. Um, the, the tournament, this will be the sixth annual that we do. I, I do it the Friday before a, a Alabama football game, and it has just taken off. Uh, like I said, the sixth annual, we'll, we'll probably have 330 to 350 golfers at this one. It's September 27th. It is at, we moved it back to Bitbrook with three nines, and it's the Friday before the Georgia-Bama, and it's also Oklahoma-Auburn. So there will be a lot of people in town that play, uh, a lot of athletes, Trent Richardson, Jay Barker, Langham, Kevin Lee, Prince Wembley, Lamont Russell, all those guys all play and come out and and just really give their time, and they, and they, they help every which way they can to make everything for Stryker and everything we can to grow this and help other families. Um, so I'm very thankful. Even Coach Wimp Sanderson plays. And, you know, back then he didn't like us baseball players because we all shot at Coleman Coliseum. <laughs> he didn't like us well, mud in that hallway. <laughs> so, But he, he, he has played a couple times. Uh, people like Doug Bell with PGA uh, comes out and mm-hmm. plays. Uh, Brian Pasnick, basketball, you know ex-players that come out it's we're very fortunate i have a big baseball group that still comes in town um coach pierce comes in town coach sproul helps out uh it's 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 we're we're a family and and i appreciate everything everyone does and we just want to keep growing it even uh the day when striker does pass um you know they gave us three to five years and we're at year five and wow we dread when that day but you know we're i'm always going to we're going to try our best to always do striker strong and help other families and, and know that our son didn't, you know, just, it just wasn't here for, for no reason. And he's here for a reason and we want to help the best way we can. And, and that's our goal. And, uh, well, he's impacted, he's impacted uh, more lives than most people on this planet get to impact. So he has, uh, he's he's made an impact. That's the sixth annual striker strong golf tournament coming up at Bentbrook. Friday, September 27th, and I'll get you to give out some information again on how people can get involved before we go. So, Robbie, you were is early 90s. Was that your time frame for when you played at Alabama? Yeah, 91, 92. I was there. Um, was uh, let's talk. A, I want to talk a little bit of sports with you because you were uh, you were at the uh, end of the Schallenberger era, and then of course Coach Wells came in, and and uh, you had been, you know. Charlie had been to a World Series, and then Coach Wells, I think, went to four or five. And the drought now for Alabama baseball is 25 years since Alabama went yeah. to the College World Series. Uh, Rob Vaughn's come in, and this program last year was a really good team. Uh, almost got there last year, you know. Uh, played Wake up there in the Super Regional and, and uh, you know, came up just short. Do you think that this Alabama baseball program is, is – Set to break through and get back to Omaha here soon. You know, I'd like to think they are. I mean, the facilities are there. They had a great fall, uh, dominated Florida State and Auburn. A um, mm-hmm. bunch of new players, you know, transfer players, a couple players mm-hmm. from uh, Maryland and Virginia, and plus the ones we have, you know, Matt Gazette, the senior catcher, and and Bryce and William Hammeter and all those guys and, and Hodo. I, I hope they are. They look really good. It's a long season. The SEC is so strong. But I like what Vaughn's doing. I mean, he, he he's going to put him out there and compete. And uh, he is 
you know, injuries play a big part like every sport, but I hope we make another run. Last year was exciting. And I think if we would have got Wake Forest at home, we would have beat them and went to the World Series. You know, playing at their park was a little harder, smaller park, and they just got the home run, more fly balls than we did. But I like where they're at. Um, I, I can't wait to see them start again. They start here pretty quick. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's here. It's uh, The season is here. Um, and football-wise, you know, uh, everybody that plays sports in Alabama takes pride in the football program and, and what Coach Saban was able to accomplish in 17 years is just unbelievable. But now there's a transition there. What do you think about Coach Kalen DeBoer and what you've seen from him so far? Uh, so far, you got, you know, you got like, what a, he's stepping into a, can you imagine following Coach Saban? I mean, that, that's the good, no. you know, and, uh, I was fortunate to, you know, a lot of eight club events that, you know, playing golf and stuff with Coach Saban and, and him signing a bunch of footballs for Stryker. I've got a bunch of them in there. So does Coach Oates. He signs basketballs for him. And, uh, so I'm hoping, uh, you know, that Coach DeBoer does the same thing. But uh, I think it's going to be a good good year. I mean, I, I hate the transfer portal NIL like everybody, but, you know, we got players there that want to be there, and I think that's going to show. They're going to get out there and be hungry and show that they're here. we're still Alabama. So I can't wait to see the season, and it's, you know, what a, what a home schedule. Like I said, we're doing the tournament after the Georgia game. That is going to be huge. We're going to see where we stand. Oh, yeah. You know, it's going to be that, – that's, that's going to be that's going to be big for sure, for sure. You know, I guess the relationships that you formed while you were a student-athlete at Alabama, that's, you know, certainly benefited Stryker Strong in, in, you know, whether it's, as you said, different sports, not just baseball players. But those uh, – I guess that's a big part of being a student-athlete at the University of Alabama is those lifelong relationships that you build, right? It really is. You know, I've always been uh, – uh, like we've all been close. Like I said, we were like a family back then. We all we all ate together, did study hall together, did everything together, did other things we probably shouldn't have done, like hanging out at Harry's Bar or Sidetrack back then. But uh, uh, yeah, everyone's still close, you know. I'm, and Facebook keeps a lot of us in touch, and so does the A Club, um, A Club events, and everything that we are still communicating and involved with brings old players and new players together, and uh, it's been very fortunate. And I, I hate that Strikers going through this, but also, it has brought me back relationships with guys I hadn't seen in a long time, and uh, and I'm and I'm very thankful to everybody that comes out and supports Striker. Um, All right, Robbie, let's run it down one more time. Uh, of course, the the big fundraising golf tournament coming up uh, later uh, this year uh, before the Georgia game, but also how people can get involved, social media pages, anything that that people that are listening to our conversation and say, hey, I want to support Striker. Um, strong and and i want to get involved tell them how they can do it please you can go to strikerstrong.org and that'll have his story and everything that we do events you can also go to facebook or striker strong has his own facebook you can call you can call me or or through the station y'all have my number or or r glenn r-g-l-e-n-n 1069 at gmail.com and email me anything anything you want to do we we love people to come out play uh, sponsor, we'll have Goldspire, you could do tents, uh, platinum sponsors, anything to come out. If you just want to come out and see it, we'll have a DJ that plays one of the best DJs out of a Tuscaloosa Elite Production with Dustin. Uh, he plays during the golf tournament. Like, we make it fun. So come out, mm -hmm. enjoy, and support. And, and we're going to grow it every year. And come out and see some athletes, too, because we have a bunch that come out. Well, it's an inspirational story, and I, I, it resonated with me what you said about uh, about Stryker. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy every moment you have with him, 
while he's here. And, uh, but his impact is going to be felt, um, you know, well after he's gone. And that's, uh, that's a, a testament to, uh, what, what he is meant to people and also what you and your family have been able to do for him. I know you've got some daughters as well. And, uh, I know that that family bond that you have, uh, must be incredibly special when you have a, a special needs son like Stryker and his sisters must, uh, love him to death. Yeah, Jaden is a sophomore there at Alabama, and she yeah, she was a big sister, so it hit her hard too. And then Cameron, his brother, is a senior in high school, and so okay, so you've got another son too. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. okay, good. And then my wife Lindsay, so she's with him twenty four seven till I get back from work, and then she tries to take a break, step out, get some fresh air. We, you know, we can't do anything together anymore. It's one of us has to stay with him twenty four seven. So no more date nights or anything like that. Well, man, I'm glad that we could visit with you, and I hope that some people are touched by this, and and we'll get involved. and And prayers for Caden Stryker and and uh, Robbie. Thank you so much for uh, coming on with us, and uh, we'll visit again here in the future. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me on. All right, Robbie Glenn with uh, StrikerStrong.org, and uh, an inspirational story. And very, very glad that we could uh, feature Robbie this morning and what he's dealing with and his family, and. Um, I'm just looking at pictures right now of Stryker, and you can see the see the personality in his, in his eyes, and uh, even he's dealing with a lot. It's uh, it's pretty cool that he's he's still here. All right, we'll be back to wrap up this edition of the Gary Harris Show right after this on Time 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Weekday mornings at 6 AM, the Martin Houston Show. Join the Martin Houston Show powered by Max Force, and we have a Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll also look at the Alabama versus Auburn game as they head down to the Plains to try to get another big win. We'll also break down Coach DeBoer and his current staff, maybe do a little comparison game between this staff and the potential it has versus the 2015 Alabama staff. We'll talk about those things and more. The phone lines are open at 205-342-9904. That's the Alabama on the hotline. Look forward to talking with you. Join us Monday. Johnson as they talk Tide basketball. Don't miss the Crimson Tide basketball pregame show brought to you by Pritchett Moore Insurance, Tuscaloosa's best choice for business and personal insurance for 90 years. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for... Tidwell Chiropractic, the only third-generation chiropractor with over 26 years' experience in Tuscaloosa. Call Tidwell Chiropractic at 752-2503. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. O'Colony is operated by Paramount. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice day today with a sunny sky, the high 63. For tonight, fair with the low at 36. Tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 60 and 63. Friday, the chance of a few showers during the day, the high 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 53 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 10 to 53. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. And, uh, yes, I'm feeling better today. And, uh, Justin, I think there's a good chance that I might be back in studio tomorrow. We'll see. I don't want to, you know, I certainly don't want to, uh, come in too soon and get anybody else, uh, <laughs> sick. You know what I mean? So I'm going to take precautions. So I may, I may stay home for one more day just to be safe. You know what I mean? Hey, I, I'm good, Gary. I'm on the other side of the glass. You know, I know, so. <laughs> but I don't want to. I think the thing about the flu is, you know, it isn't just about how you feel. It's about having uh, concern for your fellow coworkers and stuff, you know. And, and what we do, and although you know I'm a, and you know this long before I caught the flu, you watch me every day when I come in. Nothing against anybody else, but I always wipe down the console. I wipe down the the microphone, and I always try to be uh, sterile as I can. But you know, it's it's um, if you're not, you know, if you if you have the flu, the last thing you want to do is get someone else sick. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, but we, uh, but I do feel a lot better, and uh, you know, we'll see how it goes the rest of the day. I'm going to stay home from the TV station today for sure, and uh, and we'll see how it goes. But we'll have a good show on tap tomorrow. Either way, we'll have our uh, SEC basketball segment with uh, Bart Heights on hoops and may try to get a recruiting uh, update from Andrew Bone. We missed him last week, but with the signing day tomorrow, um, all the most of the guys are already signed. Alabama is expecting, of course, as we've talked about, Ryan Williams um, and also um, Noah Carter and then, of course, uh, Quentin Reese, too. So three players expected to eat tomorrow in the uh, – second part of the signing period. All right, we're winding it down for the program today. I want to thank uh, Drew Arman and thank Robbie Glenn. I, I tell you what, Justin, you know, we all have issues in our lives and we're all, you know, focused on our own life. And, but boy, I tell you, listen to Robbie Glenn talk about what they've been through with their son, Caden Stryker. Glenn is, uh, you know, I hate the term uh, puts things in perspective because really we shouldn't have to be put in perspective, but it really does, Justin. I mean, I was just, I was just blown away by the love and care that that family has for uh, those parents have for their son. That the wife Lindsay is with him all day, and then when Robbie gets home from work, he's with him in twenty-four hour, seven day a week constant care for their son. That's uh, that's strong stuff right there. It is. It is. And I encourage our listeners, like Robbie was saying, he, uh, the, the website or, um, if you wanted to get in contact with him, I'm sure you can call the station and, and we'll, we'll be able to, uh, get our listeners in contact to, to support that organization. Absolutely. It's, um, it's a terrific organization. All right. That's going to do it for the program. And, um, thanks for listening, everybody. T Town Sports Daily is coming up next at 11 a.m. 
with Terry Clark and Wyatt Fulton. Then the Miller's Edge from noon until 2. And Ryan Fowler will take you home this afternoon with the game from 2 until 6. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. for the Wednesday edition of the Gary Harris Show. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Have a great day, everybody. And this hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law.